All right, so we have about 10 minutes or so. I would like to take some of your questions, even though we haven't gone into any specifics. Uh, we'll do that next week. We'll, we'll start with the ones that were submitted, then I'll add a few that I uh, have that I believe are common to us as well. But if you have any questions or comments concerning today's lesson, we'd love to hear those. Yeah. So, um, so the question I have is kind of a kind of a strange one. Okay. We know all know that God created us with a myriad of of emotions, you know, from anger to you know extreme happiness. Mm -hmm. And so my question is kind of tying in with your series, your Daniel series, because um, I'm tr you you painted a really vivid picture for us in the end days, you know, when when heaven comes. You know, is, come, ex, descends from from um, to to the earth, mm -hmm. and there's a um, you know a, a brand new brand new earth, yeah. where you know the devil is 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 chained up for the thousand years, and we're with Jesus, and everything mm -hmm. is cool, and so all all of the negative emotions that we that we experience, mm -hmm. are those just going to go away? I mean, are we just going to be happy 24-7? I mean, because that seems kind of annoying, too. That seems annoying, so, yeah. Always be happy all the time. <laughs> well, now, are you talking about heaven, or are you talking about the millennial kingdom? Well, millennial, yeah, millennial. I guess the millennial kingdom, because, um, because the devil's locked up, mm -hmm. we have nothing to be sad about right. now, right? Right. So, we're going to be happy 24-7. Right. And you have a problem with that? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> hard, to, hard to picture. Hard to picture. Absolutely it's hard to picture because we've never experienced anything like that. Um, the things that cause these minds in our mind to go off is the uh, fact that we live in an imperfect world filled with imperfect people living in an imperfect body. And so we get sick. We were dealing with uh, bosses and, and, and other sinners of this world. We're dealing with tornadoes and earthquakes and hurt. I mean, that's what triggers these minds. So in the millennial kingdom or even heaven, when Jesus Christ comes back and everything is restored and everything is perfect, there will be nothing to trigger that. Yeah, so there, there will be absolutely nothing to trigger any minds of the mind because you will live in a perfect world with a perfect king in a perfect body if, if we've already been resurrected or uh, raptured, so there would be nothing in that environment to trigger any minds you would have in your mind. Yeah, so hard for us to to fathom that, to to even picture that because we've never experienced anything like that. But you know, and it's not just Christianity. Everybody talks about a utopia. Everybody talks about a, a paradise. Everybody talks about a place like that. Uh, but this is our reality. Jesus Christ is coming back to restore all things, and that will be our reality. There will be nothing to trigger these minds that we have in our mind. Good question. Anybody else? On the on the message that you gave earlier, when you were saying how does it work, taking notes, and okay. you said part of it was uh, by believing what God has said as opposed to what believing what we see, and then you also said living for what's eternal rather than what's temporal. What's temporal. Mm -hmm. I know you're not referencing to, I mean, because I'm not going to leave my door unlocked mm -hmm. and my garage door unlocked and my windows open because I know that God's going to take care of me. Right. Because um, we do live in a world where there is crazy. 
Absolutely. So that's not what you mean, right? Not so can at you kind of like elaborate yes. on that a little bit? Thank you so much, because there could have been some other people who maybe were confused with that. Let me give you two scriptures. First of all, God says this in the word, do not love this world, nor the things of this world, or the things in this world. Okay? What is God saying by that? Is he saying you can't enjoy life? You can't go and enjoy the beach or enjoy the fruit of your labor. That's not what he is saying at all. Because another scripture says this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So in other words, what God is saying is, don't give your heart to anything of this life. You ought to not give yourself to anything that can be taken away. In other words, there are people, I don't know if y'all saw the interview with, with Mike Tyson, you know, a sad thing where he's there and he's crying and he's, you know, going over the fact that he, he used to be great, he used to be feared and revered and all. And he says, I miss that guy, that guy is gone, I used to be somebody and I don't know who I am now. now I mean, it's the saddest interview that you could see because his identity was placed in something that could be taken away. Do not give your heart, give your affection, your devotion, your life to that you know can be taken away. Whether it's money, whether it's pleasure, whether it's a job, whether it's uh, family, whatever it is. Now that's not to say we shouldn't have those things. It's not to say we shouldn't enjoy those things. But if we are so much dependent upon those things in order to make us happy or to make us fulfilled, or to make us satisfied, then we will have these minds going off because those are all things that can be taken away. Those are all things that are imperfect and going to disappoint us and discourage us from time to time. And so you will live on a roller coaster of emotion if that's where your heart is. I have a car, but my heart is not in that car. I have a home, but my heart is not in that home. I even have a family, but I am not so connected to that to where I'm going to allow that to dictate and mandate my emotions. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So there's nothing wrong with having things. The issue is when those things have you. And that's the issue. Who's in control here? Who is in control here? Are you in control of what you have? Or is what you have controlling you. And if what you have is controlling you, get ready for those explosions because it's only a matter of time before they fail you, they leave you, they disappoint you, they dissatisfy you. It's just a matter of time before that happens. So that's what we're meaning. No, lock your doors, work hard, enjoy the fruit of your labor. Just don't put your heart in that. Because what you're going to find out and discover as we go through this series, there are a lot of people who love this world so much and they love the things of this world so much they're going to say, here, give me the mark. Here, put it on my forehead. Give it to me. I love this world. I love this life. I love the things of this world. And they're going to forsake in true life because of the things of this world. Absolutely nothing wrong with having things, having stuff. You just don't want the stuff to have you. That's what we're referring to. Okay? Good question, though. Anyone else? Any questions concerning tonight's lesson? Yes, sir. I have one, but I hope everybody don't think I'm cuckoo. Ah, not at all. Not at all. <clears throat> Join will. the club. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, is it possible to be attacked in, in a dream because of your past? I don't carry my luggage, but is okay. it possible? Do you think it's possible to be attacked in dreams? 
Absolutely. Uh, my wife, she had to leave uh, to go back with our, our kids. But when she was in high school and even when we were first married, she would be attacked in her dreams. And the only way that I would know that she is being attacked is because she would start to make noises in her dream. Now, she would say in her dream she is screaming, you know, because she would feel this force or this entity uh, when she was growing up in her bedroom and be on top of her and trying to smother. Other people have had similar uh, dreams and uh, experiences like that, but she had them even when we got married. And when she would begin to make those noises in, in her sleep, that would wake me up, and then I would wake her up. Cynthia, get up, get up, get up, get up, you're dreaming. And she would wake up, and she would tell me about the dream that she had. And so we went to the church and went to the altar and we prayed and, and God broke that and she's never had one ever since. But yes, I, I believe that um, sleep is probably one of our most vulnerable times that we're in. Our bodies are, are resting and relaxing. Our minds are resting and relaxing. So we are very vulnerable at that state that we're in. And so, yes, I do believe that um, Satan will try and take advantage of us during those times. But again, uh, God is, is more powerful than that. And if that's what's going on and happening, you don't have to settle with that. You don't have to make a peace treaty and say, I guess that's how my life is going to be. Absolutely not. You go to the Lord for that thing. You ask God, deliver me from that. Protect me even while I sleep. Protect my heart. Protect, protect my mind. I don't want to be attacked while I'm awake or asleep. And God is, is God enough to, to protect you and keep you from those things. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Sam. Yes, ma'am. So um, we know that the enemy isn't omnipresent. Right. Um, so I guess my question is, how does he plant thoughts into our minds? Like, yes. You know. Very good. Like all the same. That time. is perfect. That's perfect. Uh, we 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 used this illustration before. A few pastors have used it before. You've heard it before. But if I would say, what is the opposite of up? What would y'all say? Now, what is the opposite of hot, you would say? If I say, who is the opposite of God, you would say, no, wrong. <laughs> God has no opposites, okay? God has <laughs> no opposites, okay? In order for God to have an opposite, there would have to be an entity that is just like God, only evil. And that's how we usually view Satan. We view Satan as the opposite of God. He's just the evil version of God. He's like uh, the evil Superman in Bizarro World, right? That, that, that's who Satan is. Wrong. Wrong. Satan doesn't come close to God. Doesn't even compare with God. Satan is a created being. And a lot of times we make the mistake of thinking that Satan is just like God. So Satan is all places at all times. No, he is not. He's not all places at all times. He's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He definitely is not omnipotent. He's none of those things. So when we say Satan's on my back or Satan is dealing with me or Satan is after me or he's attacking me, more than likely it's not Satan. <laughs> Satan is dealing with the, the big wigs, okay? The heads of states, the, the government, those who have power and authority and control over the masses. That's who Satan is dealing with. But we have to remember a third of God's angels fell with him, okay? And so he has a kingdom. That's why the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. Because he has all of these 
fallen angels doing his bidding and his work as well. And so how does Satan plant a thought into your mind? Well, he uses one of these uh, fallen angels or demons to come in and to simply do that, to speak to you, to whisper in your ear, to get you to think a certain way that he wants you to think. Uh, it is from the kingdom of darkness that that is happening or taking place. So even though we say it's Satan, it's from his kingdom. But more than likely, it's not Satan himself. It's more of a, a demon, a demonic strategy that he is using for that time. Have y'all ever uh, read or heard the screw tape letters? Screw tape? It, it gives you a depiction of the spiritual warfare battle that we're in and how demons work and how they come against us. Uh, you know, um, in, in heavenly realms. So that's what's going on and taking place there. Right. Anybody else? Okay, so you got St. Michael, then you got Lucifer, and then you got Satan. Ain't all three of them related? They're all the same. Who's the first you said? St. Michael, the, you know the archangel? Oh, St. Michael, no, no. They're not, they're not the same, no. Saint, uh, or Michael was an ar is an archangel. Okay, Gabriel okay. is an archangel. But then Lucifer was also an archangel. So we believe the Bible teaches that there were three archangels, uh, one perhaps over war, which is Michael. Is that that's right? Why, that's why he shows up anytime there's a fight or a battle. I got him on my arm. I got then there my is Gabriel, who's okay. maybe the uh, archangel of work or service. That's mm. why he's the one that shows up to deliver messages. And then we believe there was one more archangel over worship, and that was Lucifer. Lucifer wanted to be God, so he came against God, rebelled against God. He got kicked out, and when he got kicked out of the kingdom, he got a name change. He went from Lucifer, which means shining one or light bearer, to Satan, which means adversary of God or one who opposes God. So those were the three archangels that God had created. Great question. Anybody else? Well, thank y'all so much for uh, for being here, I, I pray that this um, series does you well, that you once and for all get the victory and the power and the authority over your mind that God has graciously granted to us all. It would be a shame to live a defeated life and you don't have to. You don't have to live. I know life is hard. I know life is rough. I know things happen. But God has given us the victory over the things of this life. He says, in this world, yes, you will have trials and tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, and I am telling you this so that in me you may have peace. He's given us the way that we can have peace over anything and everything that we face in this life, and I pray that's what you get out of this. Amen? Go ahead and stand, if you will, please. Uh, we thank God for his presence in this place and what he is doing. As Stan says, prayer does work. There is power in prayer. And I don't care what you're going through or faced with, the minds of your mind, just call out to God. Cry out to him, ask him for, for help, and he will come to your aid and to your rescue. So I pray that you have been blessed tonight and you will continue to come out and share that blessing with others. But for tonight, we want to just give you an opportunity, as we always do, to make a decision for Christ if you haven't already. If you don't have the mind of Christ because you don't belong to Jesus Christ, then cry out to God right here, right now where you stand. Say, Lord, I want you in my life. I want to die to self. I want to die to sin. I want to die to the 
ways of this world and the direction I was going. And I want to give my life to you that I may have your mind, your heart, your spirit, and one day have your eternity as well. If you have never made that decision to give your life to Jesus Christ, make it today while you still can. If you are saved and you are a Christian, you are a believer, but you struggle with thoughts of the mind, you don't have victory over this, but you want the mind of Christ, then I pray that you will receive that today and you will begin to activate it. Just like anything, it takes practice. You have to walk in this thing because the old you is going to want to come up again and you're going to want to react like you always react and respond like you always respond. But you have to discipline yourself and say, no, I have the mind of Christ. I'm not even going there. I'm not thinking that way. I'm not entertaining that. I'm not meditating on that. I have the mind of Christ. And that's what I want to impart to you at this time. So lift your hands to the heavens and receive the blessing. God, we thank you so much again for your presence in this place. And as we prepare to leave, may we never leave the truth that we have learned here today the victory that we already have in you because of you, through you, that all glory may go to you. So as we leave this place, I pray that if there's anybody here who's making the decision to give their life to you, may you hear their cry and their plea today and save them, God, both now and forevermore. But I pray that you will grant to us all the mind of Christ so that when we leave here, we leave in the victory, the power, and the authority that we have in you. And as you do this for us, God, we will live our lives unto you for your glory, your honor, and your praise. These things we ask in the powerful and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and all of God's people said together, amen. God bless you. We'll see you on Sunday.